This podcast is brought to you by A Copy Match. A Copy Match is a boutique matchmaking service that helps exceptional singles find meaningful connections and relationships. To learn more about our matchmaking services, online dating makeovers and takeovers, or to enroll in an upcoming group coaching intensive, go to agapimatch.com. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. This is a hotline episode. And this week I have a special guest, matchmaker Louis Felix. He's also the chief operating officer at Agapi Match. You know, that matchmaking company that I own. Uh, Louis, a welcome to Ask a Matchmaker hotline. Hello, Maria. And hello to everyone listening. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to be here and kind of nervous about this just because, I don't know, these questions sometimes get a little bit... Uh, intense i think right no i don't think so i feel like right. it's so funny like before i click record lou's like wait wait how do, <laughs> how do you know like don't you need like backstory information i go yeah but you just keep asking questions until you know the answer becomes evident and uh and you've got this louis i you have such a great insight on on men and women and um you're, you know, you're, you're such a fantastic expert in dating. How long have you been in the industry? Like in almost 20 years in the dating yeah, industry? About 18 years. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll take the 20. <laughs> no, it's 18 years. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I have a, I have a non hotline question for okay. you. Do you watch, I keep getting questions this week about, um, reality TV dating stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you watch that? Do you watch shows like that? Be honest. The honest answer is I used to, and I just can't do it anymore. Um, you know, being a part of reality TV a couple times, it kind of gives you greater insight on what really happens behind the scenes. So it's hard to watch any reality TV show, but when it comes to dating reality TV shows, I just can't do it anymore. I don't know. Is it's it too, because, too is it because you work in dating? I think there's a lot of reasons. I don't know that it's really reality. Um, I feel like, you know, sometimes producers kind of push their agenda on people and then they have to kind of follow through with that. But yeah, I think also doing this every single day for a living, it gets tough sometimes. You yeah. Know, to like have my last call and then actually watch it again unfold yeah. in front of me. It's, no, it's uh, same. I, I don't, I don't watch reality TV and I get these questions like, what did you think about this person? In fact, I just had a journalist reach out, like your thoughts on love is blind too. And I'm like, I, I haven't watched yeah. it. I know people, I know the other matchmakers at Agabi match have watched it. And that's almost did it. almost did it. I saw it today. Actually, it, it like popped up on my screen and I was like, eh, no, let's start watching that other Adam thing with, you know, oh, how's that? I mean, it's a great, like, Oh, wait, 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 skip topic. Hold on a second. Okay. Do you watch The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? No, I couldn't get into that. I know I started watching it when it first came like, out. I just haven't really got into it. I love it. It's so quick. Really? You're so okay. quick. Are you kidding me right now? You are such a, you're like one of the most quick-witted people I know. How are you not watching? Well, anyway, so season four, the protagonist's mom becomes a matchmaker in New York. And- oh. This is like in the late fifties, I think, or early sixties. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard, you know what, you know what the matchmaking layout looked like 15 years ago in New York, but they depict it. I think Rachel Greenwald was the consultant for no the matchmaking portion. So she becomes a matchmaker and then all the other New York city matchmakers show up and they're like, you're in our territory, get the hell out of here. Right. 
they're actually, I'm being nice right now. They're in, they're in way more stern words than I'm using. But this was, this took place like a long time ago, right? This isn't like a, a recent show. Like I'm saying the, what year did this show supposedly take place? Like in the early, let's say this scene's like in the early sixties. Oh, wow. Okay. Were there really that many matchmakers in the 1960s in New York? From what I've heard, there were like 10 matchmakers, but it was like community leaders. It's like my grandmother, right? Like right. Uh, so much of matchmaking was like, who was the community leader in the neighborhood or the village or the island? Right. That was the matchmaker. And, and you know, Manhattan is still very much an island, uh, last that I saw. And uh, <laughs> no matter how much they grow, Battery Park City. And, um, you know, th that the matchmaking had territories back then too. And in fact, I will tell you that even when I started my business 13 years ago, I remember coming into contact with certain territories. Like there was this, what do you call it? Like terror, like it was kind of like, oh, you know, it wasn't as collaborative as it is now. Right. Back then it was like, who are you? What's going on? And you know what? I'll be honest with you. It's actually still kind of like that. Like whenever a matchmaker who doesn't live or operate, like who doesn't have their office in New York, not live, right. but office in New York City. Um, I think other New York matchmakers like myself and our colleagues uh, were kind of like, well, okay, do you know the, do you know the rules? Do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Because I right. think, I feel like New York matchmakers hold themselves to a pretty high standard compared to the rest of the country. And we're just like, you got to make sure we do it the way we do it. You got to make sure you get them in relationships. Like, you know, you started like, start right. things to yourself and it yeah. kind of gets a little territorial in that way. Yeah. I remember those those days. You're right. Every single company had these huge walls surrounding them. And they just didn't collaborate with anybody. And everybody yeah. was the enemy. And people were going to Google and paying for keyword searches on other companies' names just to try to, you know, get business. I mean, they still do that. If you Google yeah. my name right now, there's like four companies running ads. I mean, since 2015, but it's, you know, I feel like the industry shifted so dramatically in 2013, 2014 mm. in New York. Um, for You, you know, know what's amazing though? Like, this is what I think is fascinating. So I've been doing this a long time. And those of you who don't know, I used to run, I was the CEO of several large matchmaking companies. And we would have to spend, like, I can't even tell you, an ungodly amount of money every month um, on advertising just to try to get lead flow. I think it is so incredible. I don't know if your listeners know this, that Agape doesn't spend any money on marketing and advertising. You don't spend a penny on marketing and advertising. And it, it blows my mind that you have built this amazing company literally on word of mouth and referrals. It's mind blowing. On Thank you. I don't spend money on ads, but I feel like I do spend money on marketing because like this podcast is marketing. Um, you know what I mean, but you're not like really marketing. doing this to like get business. You really love helping people. And that's what I've always loved about you is you really are so passionate about helping, helping singles in general. But I think that you just have a special place in your heart to help women, which I haven't really seen in this industry um, the way that you've done it, really, if I'm being totally honest about it. You're so sweet. No, totally true. Speaking of helping women, we released a new program last week called the dating assessment. Yeah. <laughs> and that is actually run by Louie. Louie, tell us about the dating assessment. You know, I didn't know what to expect, um, you know, because it's a lot. It's a one hour um, session and, you know, you really, I go over the hour, of course, but um it just gives greater insight on where you've been, what you're currently doing, and where do you see yourself in the next three to six months? And how are we going to get you there? 
And I think that's really, that's what sums it up, I guess, now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a, you know, it's just a one hour call and I do an assessment um, to try to figure out what's been happening or not happening with you. Um, but more importantly, I think that it really does force you to take a very real and close look at, you know, why you pick who you pick and why you want what you want. And all of this stems from somewhere or from something. And, you know, it's a combination of maybe your upbringing, the relationships you've seen combined with the relationships you've been in. So maybe your grandparents' relationship, your parents' relationship. Um, and all that basically carries every day with you and determines like the choices and decisions that you make. So essentially what you have done in your past has to shift. Otherwise your future could duplicate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that's, yeah. that's really what, what it's about, but it's super fun. And um, yeah, I would love to talk to you. <laughs> it's yeah. Really interesting so and fun. yeah. If you're interested in having a dating assessment with Louie, there's a link in the episode notes where you can book a time with him on his calendar. Anyway, enough, enough talking about shop. Let's go into the hotline. Are you ready for some questions? I'm yeah, I'm really excited about this. Awesome. All right. Let's get our first caller. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker hotline. How can we help you? Hi, Maria. Um, I want to know if you have any suggestions for me in my current situation, um, just as a dating professional. So my boyfriend and I both are 27, have been doing long distance for about two and a half years, and he just moved to my city about two months ago. Um, he's a great person, amazing. We have so much fun together, great at communication, very attentive, everything. All of that is good. It's very healthy. Um, but I just would say like our biggest difference is that in this one area in particular, I feel like it just, I'm more realizing now that it's just coming down to misaligned values, I think. Um, so I get I'll just say my situation. So I'm currently my, I'm, uh, I have my professional career here in my hometown, um, where my family is from currently lives and currently lives now. Um, and I just feel very strongly about being around my family. Um, when I like get married, have kids, they're my support system, very close to them. Um, on the flip side, my boyfriend works remotely, um, which is why he was able to move, um, here, um, and so he went to business school. He has this mentality of to go wherever the job is. Um, so whereas I don't have that mentality, like I can't imagine living away from my family. And I just don't know how, in your opinion, how, I guess, I mean, I, we've talked about it. We've definitely had conversations about it, but it just keeps, it's like a recurring anxious thought in the back of my head. And I just don't know if I should be like how to, I don't know go you know I don't know if I should be like running or like still work on it I don't know what to do well before I allow before I let Louis uh, give his input here I just want to say that I'm really proud that you're having these conversations right now instead mm -hmm. of like after you get married if you get married right, right? that would mm -hmm. really suck or after you have kids. Right. So I think mm -hmm. you're having these discussions at a really great time. And I'm, and I think if you lived in the same city, instead of having long distance for two years before this conversation would have come up sooner, mm -hmm. but now that you're here, let's figure out 
you know, if there's a compromise or what can be done or whatnot. Louis, what, what do you think here? Yeah, because well, you know, there's, there's a couple unanswered questions. So I know that he moved to your city, um, but did he move in with you? So two and a half years is a pretty significant amount of time, you know, for a long distance relationship. So are you living in separate places or did um, you get together? He, no, he lives alone and I'm still with my parents. Okay. I, yeah. Um, so I assume you've had this conversation already with him. And, we have. Okay. Yes. And it was a conversation before he moved. Definitely. Um, he was just being honest with me and we, you know, we, he, we're very good at communicating, I would say. And, um, and yeah, it's, I, you know, I think big picture goals are really important when it comes to, you know, someone that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And I think you're going into this knowing that, you know, he's probably, he may not, but he, you know, if a new job comes up and he's definitely going to want to move, um, you know, that's something that you just have to really come to terms with if, if you're willing to, to, you know, make that sacrifice, you know, for the father of your potential father of your children. But Right. Right, right. You to say these things though. Like he, it's easy for him, not for Louis. It's easy for the guy that you're dating to say these things right now mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you don't have kids. And I assume none of your parents are currently sick or need elder care because well, so the I know shifts. Right. And that's another, so another reason why I'm, I'm, I'm just very close with my family and my mom actually got diagnosed with cancer a couple, well, it was like in 2020. So now it's been two years. And that was also another reason, like, I just don't want any like future resentment on either side. Like, I don't want to feel like if, if that hypothetical situation does come up and he has an opportunity, like, I don't want to resent him. I'm like, oh, I don't want to have those years taken away from with my mom. And I don't want but I'd also don't want him to resent me if I, if he feels like I'm keeping him from a potential opportunity. Like, wait, did I, he tell you that? Like, where are these words coming from? I no, he, what do you like? What? No, he did not. I'm just thinking it in my head. Okay. So I feel like if I, if I called him right now and I'm not, but if I called him right now, do you think he would ever mention that one of the things that he loves about you is your family orientedness and how you value family. Do you think those things would be in his top 10 list? I would hope so. Yes. Okay. So I'll take that. Right. So I would hope so. So to me, it's like the fact that he's moving, like, I wonder how much of, how much is he communicating to you? Like I plan to move one day, by the way, this is not a business school thing. You mentioned that before. There are plenty of people in mm-hmm. business school who want to live around their families. But I do wonder how much of this is your insecurity and assumption he might be resentful versus what he's communicating to you. So what is he saying to you? He says that it would be like a last resort thing, but just to keep in mind that it, um, taking an opportunity in another city. Right. Oh, Okay. So that sounds like he, look, you live with your family. This is not, it's not like he just met you yesterday. He knows certain things about you. He knows your mom is sick. He knows you live with your family. He knows family is important to you. And if he's communicating to you last resort, as in like, there's no job opportunities in the city, I have to move. I think mm-hmm. most people operate in that way. You wouldn't want someone unemployed if they, mm-hmm. they can't find the opportunities that they need in the city that they're in. 
I don't know, Louie, am I, am I wrong here? No, I think I understand her concern. I mean, she's 27. They're both 27. Mm-hmm. And the mindset of a 27-year-old man compared to the mindset of a 27-year-old woman is very different sometimes. You're right. You're right. And, you know, I think her concern is really valid. And listen, I do this. I speak to people, to women every single day. And, you know, part of that, my, sorry, that last um, um, assessment I did, Right. You know, th- she was in like a seven year relationship with somebody that it actually ended up not working out. And it was really upsetting to her. And at this point, she was 32. So imagine spending seven years with someone and then having it end <laughs> for a reason that she knew yeah. could potentially be the reason why the relationship wouldn't work out like years prior, but she stuck it out. So I, I, I feel, you know, why you're calling. Like, I, I, I feel, I don't know how to say it. Like, I just feel your, your anxiety about this situation. Yeah. I just feel very torn. I don't know. Like, and it also comes, my mind goes to, okay, future kids. I, what will the effect be on them? If I had to move them away from their, you know, support system, routine, school, friends, now, is this I, the type of relationship where you guys have discussed marriage? Like, have you guys already yes. had these conversations like, I see myself married to you or yes, definitely. I see myself spending the rest of my life with you? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that you may be worrying about something that may never happen. Um, I think that it sounds like you have an amazing relationship. It sounds like, you know, you have this two and a half year long distance relationship and I applaud you for you know, sticking out those two and a half years. And then he moved to your city. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like, um, it sounds like everything's in place. And I think that right. maybe you just need to focus on, um, you know, your current relationship, you know, not, not, not think about what could possibly happen. Right. Um, so okay. long as this relationship is going to progress, hopefully, sooner you know faster rather than slower so if a year from now you're still single and it's like oh yeah yeah yeah, we're gonna get married or yeah we're gonna get engaged and then two years goes by Mm -hmm. that's the fear um for me for you is just and then the more time that goes by you might have more resentment toward him about something not related to even moving right 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 yeah yes i agree revisit, like keep having this conversation. And, you know, I want you to focus more also on like what values you do share and also what, ask him, what do you, what I asked you, ask him, what values do you appreciate in me? Like, I'll give you a really, I'll give you a personal example just to show that like, I I can relate to what you're saying. I, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you listened to my podcast in previous episodes, but you might know that I was in a long distance relationship with my husband for a very long time. Yes, and, I do know. Yeah. And then he finally, you know, we now live in the same house, but you know, some there in the beginning, especially in the first two years, there were times where I was thinking like, are you planning on moving to Greece? Cause that's where his family lives. Mm-hmm. And if you're not planning on moving to Greece, like, you know, what's keeping you in Boston? If an opportunity came out in Zurich, are you moving to Zurich? If an opportunity came up in the university of Florida, where he used to work, are you going to go to, you know, to Gainesville? Like, what do you envision your future looking like? And I think at some point in our relationship to him, it was like, look, I like that you're close with your family. I like that you want, you know, we're going to start looking for jobs in New York city, in New Jersey, because I want, you know, you're close with your family. You want to live near them. I'm going to live near you because you're my home. 
Right. And like, that was, I think like the communication between us and that's what he appreciated in me was my family orientedness. So Mm -hmm. I think you might need to ask him, what do you Mm -hmm. appreciate in me? And not like you, like you said, like last resort, I think my husband says that all the time too. Like you, I, you don't understand. Every time I go to Greece, I always ask my husband, do you want to move here? Like I always have to <laughs> every time because it's like, yeah. you know, uh, and he, and he's like, he always says last resort. If I have mm-hmm. to, I will move back to Greece. And mm-hmm. that's only you know, if, if it's such a su- stupendous, you know, opportunity mm-hmm. came up that it would be crazy mm-hmm. to say no, then yeah, we would, we would certainly have a conversation. Nothing is being decided. Mm-hmm. And right. I think, I think that you're having these really great conversations right now. And I think this is the time to have them. And I'm really proud of yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everything from both of you. Thank you so much. I'm an avid follower and I really just love everything about you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening and, um, and good luck. Thank you. Good luck. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can we help you? Hi. Um. So I guess my question is, I've never really had great relationship experiences. Like I haven't had a whole lot of healthy relationships growing up. Um. But now that I'm in my 30s, I feel like I'm I'm in the best you know space that I've been my whole life, which is great. Um. So I guess. In, in, historically, um, like in my twenties, I wouldn't even have said I've been in relationships. It was more like situationships where I compromised a lot of, you know, what was important to me to, to appease guys and, and, you know, trying to get them to like me. Um, so recently, so, you know, I, I'm trying to change that pattern. So recently I met a guy on an app and in the beginning it was great. It was going great. Um, and really recently we had a bit of a conflict and I pretty much just ended it right away because I I just felt like I didn't want to repeat old patterns, but now I'm starting to question myself and, and I'm wondering like, should I have maybe had more of a discussion about my needs and maybe communicated it more instead of just ending it. Like, I guess my question is, you know, how, how do I know that like when I should trust myself and my decisions versus like maybe trying to communicate a little bit more and like trying to work through these conflicts? What was the conflict? Um, so there was kind of a communication breakdown where um initially we had made plans to meet up on on a on like a Saturday and sort of last minute he he just canceled on me because he said something had come up um and he and like he had to go to this event for his friend and that was that um and so I didn't appreciate that because I felt like you know he didn't really take care to to like he didn't really consider me when he made that decision and um, he didn't really talk to me about it or like why it was important to him or anything like that. He just kind of was like, well, I'm not busy that day any, anymore. And that was it. And how long were you dating? I'm sorry. Um, just at that point, just a few weeks, like almost a month. Okay. And we so had like seen each other consistently or like how yeah. many did you say you went on? Like maybe 
nine, 10. Do you feel that he communicated that event like sufficiently, if that makes sense? Like, or was it kind of like, was he blowing you off? Like, what was your gut feeling about that? For me, it felt like a blow off because it, it, it was just out of the blue and he kind of said it offhandedly. Um, so we, we had made plans to hang out on Saturday and this is like, we were spending Thursday together and sort of at the end of the, of the date, he was just kind of like, yeah, and I'm not available on Saturday. And like, he didn't even reference the fact that we were supposed to hang out on Saturday. Um, he just kind of said like, yeah, I'm not available on Saturday. And that was that on his end. He didn't even come back with you. Like, I'm not available on Saturday. Here is my, the rest of my availability. Well, yeah. Well, he, at, then he asked me if, you know, it would be okay to, to, to see each other on Sunday. Well, okay. He said, I'm not available on Saturday, but I am available on Sunday. Can you see oh. our faces right now? I can. Yeah. Okay. So you just saw us have the exact same facial reaction, right? <laughs> oh, I wasn't looking at the time. Oh, sorry. Okay. Here's what, here's what we did. We went, we like tilted our faces and we're like, wait, he can't make Saturday, but then he offered you an alternative. That's a sign that someone is interested in making you a priority. They're just busy on the day that you may have requested, but they're giving you an alternative, which is telling that they, they do want to spend quality time with you. I guess my my hang up is like it was already planned that we were going to see each other on Saturday. Like we had planned this the week before that we were going to make like a day of this Saturday. And then sort of last minute, he just kind of he didn't even reference the fact that we had pre-planned Saturday. He just kind of said, well, I'm not busy on Saturday, but I can see you on Sunday. I feel like you might have like a defense mechanism that's happening um, based upon, you know, your, um, what did you call them? Situationships. Um, that's like, it's like caring with you and you finally found yourself in this, like to see this guy for a month. And it sounded like it was, it was real. Like, I'm so sorry. Like I have this event now Saturday, let's do on Sunday. And this defense mechanism like kicked in and you like wanted to protect, protect yourself. Um, so before, and this is really common. I see this a lot where, um, you know, you've been hurt so many times in your past that you want to protect yourself from getting hurt again. So sometimes you want to end things on your terms quickly before you get hurt. So you don't feel as hurt um, if you do it on your terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a fear. It's a pretty, pretty deep fear that I think a lot of people have. And I feel like a month in, it's a little bit like, I feel like the grace, like if there was a slope for grace and and I mean, like what I mean by grace, I mean the verb grace. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a slope for like how much grace we give someone, right. um, I think it becomes a little bit bigger, right? As we start to date someone, we might be a little bit more vulnerable. We might be more, op- more open. And I, I think it can feel like an attack. Like what, what do you, and, I, and listen, how you feel is totally valid. I made plans with you on Saturday. I was under the impression that the whole week that we'd be meeting on Saturday. And now last minute, you're telling me that you're not available. Screw your, like, you know, your alternate, you know, date that you're giving me. I was ready for Saturday and you have not met my expectations. Now, if you were dating this person for, let's say six months, I think you would have said something like, you know what? It's okay. Things happen. I'll just see you on Sunday. It's not a big deal. I think it's because he pulled this out a month in and maybe, maybe he feels comfortable enough to do that where he's like, 
she'll be fine. We're good. We're cool. But you're, we're not cool, right? Because it's still very early and you have different comfort levels. You just told us before you told us the problem, you gave us a qualifier that in the past you've had these situations happen and you don't want to, you know, you, you want to avoid bad relationships before they happen. Um, and, and, you know, I think what you, how you feel is a hundred percent valid. I also wonder if he was playing the comfort card, like, you know, being disrespectful without realizing he's being disrespectful because it's really early in a relationship to be doing that. What do you think, Louie? Am I like off base here? Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think you need to set up like a certain amount of, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, like three strike rule almost, right? So that's strike one, you know, before you like, give it, give it a chance. Like, let's see where this goes. Okay. So, you know, in order to get to know someone, it takes time and, you know, you can't always judge someone like by an action, like an immediate action. Sometimes you need to like, see if there's a, if this is a consistent pattern or is this a one-off thing? Um, so, you know, you, this yeah. thing happened and you, you know, you're like, wait a second, no, this is not what I want. And I can see this could happen again. So I'm just going to end this because I don't want to be put in a position where I'm going to have these expectations and make these plans with you. And then you just, you know, it's almost like the breaking the plans is one thing, but it's the, the not put, not making you the priority. Why is his friend more important than you? Um, because he's basically breaking off something with you for someone else. And I think that could be the root of the issue, maybe. Um, you know really? what else, too? Like, in this situation, um, was there ever an opportunity for you to express, hey, you know, I'll see you on Sunday. When you saw each other on Sunday, you know, you could have said, you know, I was really planning on seeing you on Saturday. And it, it hurt my feelings that, you know, this happened, like, you know, communicating how you feel and what the expectation is of this person going forward. Yeah, actually we did get on a phone call about it on Friday. Okay. Um, And even then I kind of felt like he was blowing me off or like he, I mean, he got defensive too about it. Um, And uh, yeah, so he got defensive about it and I felt like it ended up being the situation where it was like, I was like, after the phone call, I didn't feel like he understood me. So then he said, okay, can I call you later? And we can discuss it again. But then he just ended up not calling me. He gave me excuses that he fell asleep. Um, he didn't text me until the next morning. And I, I was like sending him, you know, these paragraphs on text that night because I was trying to explain myself. And I, and I, I, felt like maybe I was over explaining and I I don't know I just didn't feel like he heard me and then like I didn't really hear too much from him for the entire weekend really before I called it off on Monday I think based on the rest of the information you just gave us that seems like the right call for every action there's a reaction so I mean I have to say like I don't know. I think, you know, maybe he's just thinking it's, let's just move on. But maybe that wasn't even the forefront of his mind when he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have these other plans that I have to that I have to do. Let's meet on Sunday. Um, and then just how the situation was handled, you know, potentially as a man, you know, could, could scare a man, you know, yeah. 
just because if this is one month into a relationship, what's it going to be like five years into a relationship or even one year into six months into a relationship? So um, I'm really glad you called. And I think that somehow you need to create this, this, like, I think you need to give yourself a little bit of a, of a, of a break, right? Like allow yourself to explore relationships a little bit longer um, without making quick decisions um, mm-hmm. and to see if it's a pattern before you um, react, right? I think that's something that, that might help you. Um, and the other really good thing that I have to say is that a lot of people don't recognize their own actions or they don't recognize their own situations. So they continue to live their life kind of in denial, if you will. And I love that you are seeing it and that you're addressing it and you're trying to figure out ways to um, change the outcome for the next relationship. And I think that you're really growing to go from, you know, these situationships to this dating this guy from a, for a month and seeing these things. And um, so I, I do, I do commend you for, for seeing it. And I think that's half the battle sometimes. Um, Cause if you don't know there's a problem, then you don't know how to fix it. I mean, after she gave us all that additional information towards the end, I feel like she's setting her standards. I think you might need to communicate them a little bit just communicate them and start from the beginning. Like, Hey, just so you know, when I'm dating someone, I expect this and this, like, it's okay to talk about what your needs are. It's not needy or clingy or naggy to talk about your communication needs. Right. And I'm just happy that she did not excuse his behavior for the next six months and just wasted both, you know, her and his time. Like, I, I love that she made a decision. I know that right now she kind of doubts it a little bit, which is why she called. But um, I think, you know, if you're saying that he was kind of falling off, that he wasn't just giving you the acknowledgement that you needed after the fact, I think this is a right decision. But always remember when you have those conversations about your needs, um, you're only 50% of this equation. You're only half of it. You know, he has the other half of the power and he has the other half of the needs. So Mm -hmm. you always have to remember, you always have to remember to ask him what his needs are and how can you um, you know, fulfill his needs at the same time. And maybe he would have said, well, sometimes my friends need me last minute. And, you know, I don't want you to think that, you know, I'm canceling on you. Maybe I have to, you know, my friend, maybe there's something that he's not telling you about his friend. He he has to be there to support him. I don't know what the situation is, but again, communicating your needs is very powerful. And I think you should absolutely work on that, but make sure you're asking him about his needs so that you know where he's coming from as well. Okay. Okay, I'm kind of getting like split answers. I, I don't know. It seems like Maria thinks like um, I was okay to to cut it off when I did, and then Louis kind of sounding like maybe I should communicate with him a little bit more to see where you know where we really are. Um, I think the communicating with him a little bit more um, could have happened, you know, at the time of the, um, Hey, I can't see you on Saturday, um, Thursday, I think you said, um, or even on that Friday, you know, I think that, I don't know. I feel like, um, if things start to get heated in a conversation, you know, it sounded, it sounds like Friday didn't really go as planned, so to speak. Right. It sounds like things kind of got out of control. 
I think you just need to ask yourself, is this somebody that I can really see myself with long term? Mm-hmm. Um, because if it is, then you have to really think about um, what you want the outcome to be. And is it really worth winning an argument or like proving that he shouldn't have done that? I'm not saying that you did that, but but you know what I mean? Like sometimes um, the best of us gets the best of us, if that makes sense. I don't know how else to put this, but um, that's, that's what I was saying. You know, I think that, you know, I think you made, you made your decision and I think that you should stand by your decision and you should hold your head up high. And it could have been a tall tale sign of, of the weeks to come. So maybe you did um, dodge a bullet, so to speak, before you got more emotionally involved with him. Um, I mean, it's Wednesday now. It's been a few days and that I think how how big can his ego possibly be? (laughs) But where I'm coming from is the next, the next really amazing guy that you meet. Maybe you'll handle that situation a little different and um, just be more aware of not only how you act, but you know, maybe there's reason behind why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Just take a little bit more time to understand it. Thank you for your question. No, thank you both for your kind words. Thank you. No problem. Okay. Have a good night. Good night. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can we help you? Hello. I was wondering about how you would approach like becoming, as you say, an OFB with somebody when that's not something that I have done before. Because I'm in a situation where I think I can make it happen, but it's the communication around it is still awkward to me. I wish people could see Louis's face when <laughs> that OFB because Louis doesn't like, it's funny. Like Louis does not follow. I mean, I know you follow me like technically, but you don't really follow my stories. Do you? No, not really. You know? like, I do this every day. So for me, it's kind of like watching reality shows. Yeah. Dating, so do, like, you, do you know what OFB means? No, it's why I'm like, Oh no. Do I need Take to know guess. this? Take a guess um it's a matchmaker maria-ism so that should give you like a sense that there's probably a curse word in there oh man um only fuck buddies i don't know (laughs) that'd be a good app i feel like that's (laughs) also kind of where i want to go like i've done the 12 dates and i want to be like hey i don't think like i really want anything serious here but i want to continue ofb stands for omicron fuck buddy (laughs) Oh, Omicron? Oh my God, that's hilarious. I mean, it back in like December, November, December, whenever it showed up, I was like, you got to get your write it down. I had Valentine's Day cookies made that said, will you be my OFB? Wow. There's a video of my husband getting one and my husband's like, am I not already? Like, are we not already <laughs> OFBs? Anyway, oh. so I think what she's asking is, how do you make a guy that you're no longer interested in dating an OFB? Is that the question? Yes. Um, well, I didn't know that that had to be a question. I mean, I know I, I like, just want to be OFBs like 24 seven. I mean, and OFB for NSA. I mean, hello. You know, what NSA I, is? I don't know. <laughs> what does NSA? No strings attached. I mean, oh. it's the perfect thing. Yeah. Um, why don't you just jump on it and then um, figuratively mm-hmm. and literally yeah. and um you know, don't act like a girlfriend. Well, let me ask you, can I ask you what, how, what is your age and what are your goals? 
Uh, well, 29 relationship goals, ultimately like something serious, this person, I don't think I see that happening. So but you want to like, fuck them. I think so. I think the last four years of my life between the pandemic and some things before that I kind of lost. And so now I feel like in this weird situation where, yeah, like if I have this opportunity, I might as well take advantage of it and kind of like get back these last like four years that I kind of lost to multiple things. All so right. I kind of see it, but, so be careful, be careful. I kind of see this as like that kid that's going to college, but then gets the part-time job and sees how much money he's making. So then he's like, oh, why do I need college? I'm just going to work, right? So then 10 years goes by and he doesn't have a college degree and he's still making like $15 an hour, right? So if your relationship goals are marriage and family or big picture, you know, be careful because OFBs can get the best of you sometimes. You might be stuck in an OFB situation because then maybe you're not gonna move forward with your big picture plans counterpoint but not but i'm not in disagreement i'm not in disagreement at all but counterpoint for a second okay so tell me what you don't like about this person that you're no longer interested in having a relationship with him like you're not interested in pursuing something more seriously let's say what is it what's the value that you're like nope what's going on i think it's just kind of around his communication and just like a little immature and I'm just like all right like you're fun to hang out with we get along I still think you're like attractive but this is really somebody that I would want to like grow together with like I don't think so. that's so really she doesn't so she doesn't really respect him based on that answer so uh, for <laughs> so, me yeah. Yeah. I guess my, my blessing on like having sex with him but you have to like date others yes well, and I yeah. already am so my advice is create an OFB timeline and basically okay. stick to your timeline and have your fun. Um, but, you know, I don't, it's going to be hard to progress into a new relationship so long as you have the OFB, I think, especially Hopefully, Omicron leaves. And then it's just, yeah, well, there's a new, there's always a new variant though. You have to, oh you have to watch out for those new variants. The puns, they just write themselves here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that is a Delta Omicron. That's the question. DOFB? Oh, we've already gone through Delta. That was uh, oh, that was the new one. It's Delta Omicron now. That was that. That's gone now. No, it's a new one. It's both. It's Delta Omicron variant, not just Delta and not just Omicron, but now it's the Delta Omicron. That's current. I thought that was back in January in like Cyprus yeah. or something. I think I just saw a pop up on this that it's starting to like Come anyway. On. Uh, uh, you're fucking are you kidding it's like 14 hours ago it's just I called, told it's called you the, it's new it's the delta omicron called delta cron which by the time, yes. time this episode comes out which is like probably like oh maybe comes out next week who knows yeah uh, um it just here has the delta has the delta cron been identified in the u.s and says here two cases in a california-based lab in january okay hold on hold on hold on Okay. And I think it's, not, it's expanding now. It's starting okay. to like, you know. But we're trying to expand Sarah's fuck buddy list right now. So listen, you're, um, 20, you're 29. At 29, you can do this stuff, right? 32, maybe not so much. But I'm I mean, hoping. You still have a fuck buddy at 32. Not if her big picture relationship goals are, are marriage and family. Like if she wants to get married and have kids. I mean, I know women can have kids like into their 40s now, but I'm just saying like every year over, I would say 36, 37, every year closer to 40. Um, can become a little bit more challenging because most men looking to get married and have kids are looking to meet you right now, right? You're the perfect age. Um, But again, I don't, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this comment, I'm sure. But um, 
you know, it's just be careful. And get STD <laughs> and work on them. Yes. Well, We've had work. all these conversations with my therapist today as well. Got to be oh, safe on every level. Um, well, Did we you say OFB to your therapist? No, I didn't even think about it then, but I should have. Oh, that would have been amazing. I have told her about you. Um, she followed, well, she said she was going to follow. I don't check your followers because I don't, I feel like that's dangerous. I try not to Google my therapist. Uh, but we mostly just focus on like, what do I actually want? And kind of how since having, being more casual with people isn't something I've done before. And so it almost felt like imposter syndrome to want it. And like, no, it's okay to want that. And it's like, okay to pursue that. It's totally okay to pursue it as long as you remember why you're not dating them. Like don't yes. let the oxytocin take over and then you distract yourself for the next five years. Like right. Louis said before, have like a fuck buddy timeline. So you say, okay, for the next two months, I'm going to, yes. I'm going to have fun with you while I date other people. And I think two months is healthy. I, I hate it when I hear people say to me stuff like, oh yeah, who's my fuck buddy for six years. So I'm like for six years, that's a distraction. It's a huge distraction. Yeah. Be careful. Two months. Two months. Like, Two months. You know, okay. Four or five times and then you're done. Like, and even that it's a, you know what? It's never going to be as good as the first time when it's a fuck buddy. I've noticed Okay. Like the first time it's like all that pent up shit. And the second time you're trying to replicate that first time, you just don't. So maybe like, it's going to go up to maybe three times anyway. So it'll be gone in two months. Okay. Uh, you have my Helpful. blessing. Have a great, have, have <laughs> Thank great you. Time. Make sure you come first. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Good luck. Welcome to the Ask a Matchmaker Hotline. How can we help you? Hi. Um, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, I love all of your content on Instagram. I feel like you've been giving really great advice. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> my general question is, um, how do I kind of relax a little bit more in dating in general? I, I'm not someone that tends to get like, uh, like whisk, whisked away in like the fantasy or like, oh, what, it, how, what could this be? I, I kind of tend to be a little bit more negative and like guarded. Um, so I just wanted to know, like, what are some practical tips to kind of relax a little bit and actually enjoy the process and take someone's word for what it is and not try to think about the worst case scenario? Are like, what's the, what's the intrusive thought here in worst case scenario? Um, so I, I live in a major city and it's, you know, been pretty hard to meet guys who want something more serious than a casual fling. So I guess worst case scenario is like the person I'm seeing will eventually reveal that, oh, you know, we weren't on the same page about something. And then, you know, it ends and I start the whole cycle over again. You know, you're back on that, the apps and trying to meet someone and, you know, it never seems to work out. May I ask how old you are? What is your age? Uh, I'm 29. So if you had to answer that question, you know, what do you, what do you think this lack of relaxation when you date, what do you think it stems from? Did you have a sequence or a series of bad relationships? Have you ever been in a relationship? Uh, yeah, I had a long-term relationship uh, a few years ago, but I think this just comes, yeah, from a string of just like bad dating situations, really. Slate of made made up of what mostly men who are not meeting communication standards or not interested in being in a relationship. Like that part, yeah, they're just not looking for the same things I am, and it's caused me to feel a little bit like jaded and negative in dating. And you know, I know it's supposed to be fun, and you know, it's 
Oh no, dating sucks. I don't know why people <laughs> think it's supposed to be fun. I mean, it can be fun, but uh, where are you meeting these specific people? Um, it's a combination of like, um, you know, when I go out or doing like, um, you know, hobbies of mine or through the apps. So it's, it's just been a combination. I love that you're meeting people out and about, um, yeah. a great way to meet new people, but also meet new friends and then date those new friends, friends. Uh, so here's the thing, like, right. When you meet someone online and when you meet someone out and about, even at an event without a mutual contact in between those things, I feel like it's a lot easier for me to be, for people to be flaky. Cause there's no middle. Yes. Yeah. There's no accountability. Yeah. And I totally, I, I, I definitely feel that a lot more like my, my last relationship, it was, um, through friends. So we, we kind of had like that built in social circle and it's definitely a lot harder to meet a total stranger off the apps. And it, it does feel a little bit more disposable that way. So I'm just wondering about these dates. Like, are they like, is this happening after one date, two dates? Is this something that's like, oh, I can tell after this first date, he's not right for me. I'm not going to see him anymore. Um, yeah, going out with this guy, I'm not going to see him anymore. Or are you dating somebody like for a month and then you decide, yeah, this isn't working? Um, if it's like super early stages, I don't really get upset at all. If I feel like we're not on the same page, it, 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 it starts to become like a stressful situation for me when exactly it's been like a month or two months and I thought things were going well. And then suddenly something happens and like, you know, he starts to like maybe drift off and I'm left wondering, well, what, what happened? And then I start to overanalyze and I don't want to keep carrying that into every single dating situation. I'm starting to become like really into like overanalyzing everything because I've had a couple of those situations where I thought things were going well and it didn't. Million thoughts, but I want to hear Louis. You know, I have a million thoughts too. And there's just, it's. Where do you begin? Like, yeah, where do you begin? Like the first, the first thought that came to my head as you were speaking was um, like, what are her expectations? Like, what do you expect out of who you're dating? And how is it, you know, that you're coming to conclusions that, you know, he's not right for you or, or, you know, maybe you need to end things. Um, I will say that if there's a consistent pattern that's happening, um, you, I always want to look at like, what's the common denominator, right? So if there are a bunch of different people that you're dating, but the outcome is the same and you're the consistent pattern behind it, then we have to figure out like what's going on in your thought process to come to this conclusion, because ultimately what you believe is what is true. So how much of what is happening is self-manifested versus mm-hmm. you know, it yeah. really be, that it's really happening. Um, and it's, it's always tough to, to answer these type of questions without having a much more in-depth conversation about the specifics behind your comments. Like who were the last five, five guys that you dated and how long did you, how many days did you go on the, with the first guy? How many days did you go on the second guy? Like at what point did you start to feel like things were, were starting to, to um, shift? What are you, are you like an engineer or do you process information very like, are you over-process information? Do you, do you think, consider yourself like a thinker? Um, yes. I mean, I'm not an engineering, but I definitely like um, think a lot and I, yeah. Um, I guess these things tend to happen probably around like, I guess the fifth date. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I am oh, seeing someone that. now and I, like, but I'm sorry for interrupting and I want to know about the guy that you're seeing now, but like, I wonder to myself, like how much the fact that you're even going on fifth dates with someone mm-hmm. is, is a win, right? Okay. Because yeah. the, the breaking up with someone, that's just, that's dating. 
Mm-hmm. That's courting someone. And it's like, okay, that's not work. Like you date, you know, you meet someone and then you keep dating them to verify that they're a good person and they align with your values. And at some point, you know, you could date a hundred men. You're only going to, if, if you live, if you believe in monogamy, you're only going to end up marrying one guy or be in a relationship <laughs> with one dude. Right. So it's like, they don't all have to fit, but the fact that you're going on fifth and sixth dates to me, that's like, wow, you must be awesome on first dates and second dates. Like, I don't think, and I don't think your picker is off. I think so far it's like, you're just going, that's just dating. But tell me about the guy you're currently dating. Like what's stressing you out about this now? Um, Well, everything's been going well. Like, I guess I'm just nervous that the other shoe's going to drop and like, it's going to not go well. But you know, just something you said before, like, I guess I never thought of going on fifth or sixth dates as a win for some reason. Like, I guess that's like a, a, different mindset I should apply like I guess my my goal is like you know I have to end up in like a committed relationship and it has to be a long-term boyfriend and um maybe maybe that's like something I should start thinking about like I should be shifting to focus on the fact that I am going on fifth and sixth dates it's such a there's people listening right now who are like I have been on 50 first dates with no second (laughs) And this person's complaining about being on a fifth and sixth like I can't even tell you like I remember being single and like like fifth dates were rare. Like if I was on a fifth date with someone and we got to the sixth date, that's my boyfriend. <laughs> like that was the threshold for me was like, are we, are we going on a sixth date here? Because if we are just so you know, I date to marry, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I think that's yeah. okay to see that. Like, you know, you, how, how old did you say you are? I'm 29. You're 29. Okay. So how long, how many dates have you been on with the guy that you're currently dating? Um, like around nine dates. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. I feel excited about him. And, you know, he's said he's not seeing anyone else. Like, I think, I feel like things are going well, but I guess to my original point, I'm still like just nervous about like, because things haven't always gone the right way in the past. And I, I, I want this to work out. <laughs> Listen, you have to be vulnerable through this process. You have to be willing <laughs> to open yourself up completely. So if you are continuing to hold on to these reservations or these fears or waiting for the other shoe to drop, like these comments that you're making, um, is causing anxiety for me. Like, I feel like it's, it's okay. You need to put yourself out there and it's okay. I mean, I think there's a fear of getting hurt sometimes that, that just really consumes us. Like you want to try to, you want to try to control the outcome. So you're you're not really opening yourself up completely. Right. So you're, you're holding yourself back just in case you, so that you can say, Oh, thank God I didn't give him my heart because then I would be like really devastated right now. But the truth of the matter is if you're ever going to fall in love and get married and have kids and if that's in your in your goals, um, you have to open up yourself up to the possibility of getting hit hurt. And the only way you can do that is if you are 100% vulnerable and nine dates in, you have to start opening yourself up and allowing him in. He needs to come in. Yeah. Can I I also add, like, if I were in her shoes and I know maybe you might think this is like the dumbest idea, but no shoes nine dates in and I felt everything she said before, like, what if he doesn't want me? What if he does this? I've been hurt. Da, da, da. I, I, I feel like I said this to my husband when I had first started dating him, I was like, cause I was kind of, he wanted me to be his girlfriend. And I was like, listen, in the past, this has happened. And I'm just really weird about that word. You need to show up. And he's like, you got it, whatever. And I, I was very honest. And that was the day I remember the day, what day it was. I remember I was like 100% vulnerable with like, here is all of my anxiety in you. And I said it to him. I said it out loud. It was January 5th. Uh, uh, and 
2013. And I remember just being like, here's everything. What do you want to do with this? Do you know what I mean? And that's like, part of me yeah. is like, like, should I tell her to like everything she just said to us to tell him, like, am I crazy here? Listen, I think you, you're forgetting something like he's being vulnerable himself. He flat out is saying, I am not seeing anyone else. I'm mm-hmm. only seeing you. He's communicating with you that he only wants to see you. And I think that's huge. Nine dates in to say something like that. I don't see any other reason why he would say that if it wasn't because he wanted to be with you. Um, So you have to just not second guess those things. He's not going to make this up just to hurt you. Well, I I don't think he would. I don't (laughs) know anyone who would do that. Right. But yeah, Yeah, I think you're in an amazing position and I think you should enjoy the ride and try not to overprocess and overthink all of this. And, you know, I think that if you, if he's giving you that, I'm not going to see other people, then you need to give back. Right. So you only get what you give. So if he's giving a hundred percent and you're giving 40% out of fear of getting hurt, then you're only going to get 40% back. And then you're going to start to reevaluate that 40%. You're going to process it. And you're going to say, he's really not that into me. And he's only holding back because you're holding back. I see. Yeah. So maybe if you give a hundred percent, it's going to progress faster and he'll communicate more with you and he'll open up his heart more to you as well, which might make you feel better, but you got to give to get. That definitely makes sense. Um, I like that you put it that way. And um, yeah, I really feel like you guys hit the nail on the head. Um, Maria, I also like that, that idea that you had. I I don't think it's crazy. I don't know if you've seen the white Lotus, but there's a scene where, um, you know, someone like basically tells some person, you know, this is how I am. I'm crazy. And if you want to leave, you can leave. And he's like, okay, but I'm staying. So just remind me of that. But thank you both. That, uh, it was good just to talk it out and um, hear your, <laughs> and hear your advice. That you're killing it and dating. Like, you know what? Even if it doesn't work out with this guy, the fact that you got this far, like every person is just one person closer to your person mm-hmm. and you're doing it. You're killing it. Like, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah, I, I think I just need to relax. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, thank you again and uh, have a good luck. Thank you both. Thank you so good much. Luck. I hope this was helpful for people who are listening to. <laughs> awesome. All right. Good night. Good night. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's Ask a Matchmaker Hotline episode. Louie, what did you think? So fun. I mean, I don't know. I, if I'm being honest, my heart really does go out to everyone who called in and there was one point where I, I truly sincerely genuinely almost cried um for one of the girls um who called in but um yeah this is really really thank you so much Maria like truly thank you so much and I would love to you know help you if I could you know call back in and Maria's awesome so thank you for coming on I love that you're on a hotline episode and uh, I'll absolutely have you on in the future as well and if you'd like to talk to Louie one-on-one check out the link in the show notes and book a dating assessment with Louie and you know you get you get to talk to get to talk a guy's ear off a little bit but he has a very different perspective in dating and I absolutely love it it's why we've been working together for so many years 
uh, my work husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm just so happy you were here today. So thank you again for joining me on Ask a Matchmaker podcast. And for those of you listening, thank you for listening to the Ask a Matchmaker podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And of course, you can also follow me on Instagram at Matchmaker Maria. And you know how we end these episodes. Be lovable, but more importantly, be likable. See you next week. Bye.